Uh, we're, we're in a series of lessons uh, this morning. Uh, we've been going for two weeks. It's our third week. And we're just going to keep going kind of until we get tired of it. I really don't have an end point because we're going to talk about it for a long time. Uh, the series of lessons we're on is called This is the Church. This is the church. And I, I love the kind of graphic we've got. It's, uh, you know, it's just all of us, you know, you know, men, women, old, young, every race, every face, coming from every background. I, I love it because uh, this is our church, and, and this is the church of Jesus Christ, not just us locally, but we're part of something, uh, you know, more than just local, just a local church. We're, we're part of this worldwide church, and it's, it's pretty powerful uh, that we're part of something that Jesus really talked about in Matthew chapter 16. We'll go back and read it in just a second, that Jesus really talked about, you know, a couple thousand years ago. It was in the heart of God, the, the plan of God that, that you are part of right now today. So every time, as we talked about, every time you leave your house and you come and you gather together, here, or you leave your house and you get together with a small group, or you leave your house and, and you just come together with hanging out with some friends at Starbucks or whatever you're doing, you know, with talking God, talking, just relating, you know, being the church. Everywhere you go, uh, the, the Bible says Jesus is going to be right there in the middle of it. He, he's gathered together. Uh, and it's really powerful that we, we understand that, that this isn't just a club. This isn't because you and I both don't have something that we could be doing on Sunday morning, uh, that you've decided that this is a place that you want to connect with God and you want to connect with others. And when you do that, God says, I'm going to be right there in the middle of it. Come on, everybody. That's pretty powerful. That's pretty powerful. So look at me again. Uh, we do a, but if, you're, if you're brand new with us, we just do a bunch of scriptures around here. We show some stuff on the screen so you can kind of tap into it, not only by just hearing it, but also seeing it. We always encourage you to, to open up your phone, get the app out, maybe highlight some scriptures, you know, on new version or, or have a printed copy where you can highlight some stuff in your own Bible. Somebody said, if your Bible's tore up, you won't be tore up. Come on, everybody. Uh, so if you get those pages and you get in it, you, your life will be, you know, moving forward in the purpose and plan for, for God for your life. But look with me in Matthew chapter 16. Here's our key scripture for the last three weeks. Look what Jesus says in verse 13. Jesus comes to the region of Caesarea Philippi, and he asked his disciples, and he said, who do, men, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, some say you're John the Baptist, some Elijah, others say you're Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? This is where Kimberly talked about a minute ago. Who do you say that I am? Simon Peter said, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. Then Jesus said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you're Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. First mention of the word church right here. First mention. I'm going to build my church, and the gates of Hades, or the underworld, will not prevail against it. Verse 19, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, that whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed on heaven. We said two things the last two weeks. We really highlighted a couple things. Thought number one that we said two weeks ago was that the church is being built by Jesus. And the church, again, by way of reference, if you weren't with us, the church, we, we call this place Spectrum Church. We call us Spectrum Church. You know, the Catholic Church, the Baptist Church, a lot of churches have the word church in it, and every church is associated with the word church. But we think that we go to the church. When Jesus says, you don't go to the church, you is the church. So everywhere you go, you're a portable church. In the Old Testament, they had this thing called the temple. It wasn't the church. The Jewish people now have the same thought, if you will. It's called a synagogue. But in the Old Testament, they would go somewhere. But in the New Testament, Jesus says the Spirit of God doesn't dwell in a temple. The Spirit of God dwells in you. And so everywhere you go, you're a portable church, if you will. Come on, everywhere you go, you got the Word. Everywhere you go, you got the Spirit. Everywhere you go, come on, you are a dealer of hope. Come on, everybody. 
I know some of y'all were dealing with some other stuff, but you're a dealer of hope today. Come on, because Jesus is living on the inside of you. So the church, we said, is being built by Jesus. He said, I will build my church. So we said a couple of weeks ago, get used to always being under construction. It doesn't mean you're bad. It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean uh, you know, that, that you need to think anything weird. It's just the building inspector, God the Father, comes walking into our life and says, you know what? We got a little electrical problem going up in here in your life. Let's get you full of some power. Uh, you know, you got some leaky faucets in here. You got some attitudes, got some motives, got some wrong agenda. Let me bring the plumber. Let me bring the word here and fix that. Hey, this wall's been here way too long. You need to expand. You need to enlarge. You need to stretch out. And God will continually, in that kind of an analogy, God will continually work in you and me as the builder of the church, your life, to show you, you can be more, do more, experience more, and be used by God in a greater way continually. So keep getting used to being stretched. Don't say no. Keep saying yes to the master builder. Amen. Then last week we said that the church has access to revelation knowledge. Based on the scripture here where Jesus said, who do men say that I am? You're you're the Christ, Peter says, the son of the living God. And And Jesus says to Peter, on this rock, I will build my church. This rock of revelation knowledge. God the Father, you didn't get this, Peter, by any other way. God the Father revealed to you who I am. So now Jesus is saying, here's how I am going to build your life. I'm going to build your spiritual life by me, God the Father, through the power of the Holy Spirit, revealing to you who you really are, my will, my purpose, my assignment for your life. You're not going to get it through books. He said flesh and blood doesn't reveal this to you. Your mom and dad can't really tell you. The education really can't tell you. I am going to tell you who and what you need to be and where you need to go. I am going to reveal my purpose and my will to your life. You have access to know things you can't know any other way than by God. What do I need to do about my marriage? What's up with our kids? What, what career path should I take? Where, where do you want me to go? You can't find black and white. But God says, I will reveal my will to your life. And when the number one thing God wants to reveal to you, the scripture says, is he wants to reveal to you who Jesus Christ is to your life. And that is a continual ongoing revelation. Paul writes in the book of Ephesians, the Apostle Paul, and he says that God wants to show you through the church that we can be displayed the manifold wisdom of God. One translation says the many faceted wisdom of God. The word picture in the Greek is as a woman would have a diamond ring and light shines on the diamond ring. And every time you move the diamond ring, the light refracts a glow, a glisten. It refracts the beauty of the diamond. God says, through your life, I want to show my glory and my purpose. I want to show my peace and my love and my forgiveness. I want to show my mercy and my generosity through your life. So listen to me. God will take your life and just keep moving you around through life, through marriage, through kids, through tests, through trials, to let God's goodness and glory flow through you so that you can show forth how good Jesus Christ is. Come on, somebody. Amen. So it doesn't make a difference what you feel like. It's who you is. It's who you are. Come on, everybody. I know that's not good English. I want to key today on this third thought, kind of third installment, if you will, from Matthew chapter 16, verse 19. Look, look at, I'm going to give you three different translations. First one will be New King James, who just read it. Then I'll read the Message Bible, then read the Amplified Bible. Check it out on the screen. Jesus said, in conclusion, after the church being built, <laughs> being built by revelation, gates of Hades will not prevail against it. Look what he says. And 
I will give to you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, that whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Message Bible. And that's not all. You will have complete and free access to God's kingdom. Message Bible is a different translation. Keys to open any and every door. Wow. No more barriers between heaven and earth, earth and heaven. A yes on earth is a yes in heaven. A no on earth is a no in heaven. Hmm. Amplified. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind, declare to be improper and unlawful on the earth must be what is already bound in heaven. And whatever you loose, declare lawful on the earth must be whatever is already loosed in heaven. Jesus says at the conclusion of this phenomenal discourse of the church, Jesus kind of buttons it all up and he talks to us really about this amazing ability that isn't to the brick and mortar and again, 2.4 acres that were on in some grass called Spectrum Church, but to you and me as the people in the church, that we are the church of Jesus Christ, we found out he's the head, we're the body, that he says, I'm going to give you something that you have access to that will not only change your life, but will change everybody you come, that comes in contact with you. And I'm going to give you something that will cause you to be connected to heaven while you're on the earth. And that you can actually hear from heaven and release something on the earth that my will will be done here in your life and in your family and in the situations around you. That you can walk in victory, that you can have peace, that you can stand against things, that you can release things, you can allow things, you can disallow things, you can say that's lawful, that's unlawful, I'm going to give you something and so today, let's just talk about this, that the church, the church, that's you, has authority and has power. You have authority and you have power that has been given to you since you said yes to Jesus. It's been given to you to stand as an agent, we could say, or stand as Christ on the earth and have God's will flowing to you and God's will flowing through you. Can somebody say amen to that? Man, so we said, I love this part in the Amplified, though, but because it says to, to declare that that's unlawful. In other words, he says, I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom, and you're going to be able to say, that can't happen any longer. That's not lawful to happen any longer in my life. I know that from the word of God. Here's what God's word is. Here's what God's will is. That can no longer happen. I'm saying stop to that and start to this. He says, I've given you authority. I've given you authority. I've given you authority. But I haven't been to Bible school. Who cares? He's given you authority. I, I don't know the whole, I, man, you, don't, you really don't know who I am. I'm really not kind of like all in it yet. Well, listen, get all in it because this is available to you. It's available to you. Not to be dominated, not to, ha not to, not to have a roller coaster life of up and down and in and out and, and, and free and bound and, 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 and not knowing if God loves you and, and condemned and, and, and God's got grace for me, but I'm condemned and, and the thoughts continually in your mind. You have access to authority and power to be just like Jesus Christ on the earth. 
That's a pretty weak clap, but I believe you're getting it. I'm giving you keys. Come on, somebody say keys, 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 keys. Keys you do know represent authority. Represent authority. So Jesus is saying, again, I've given you the keys. One of the translations says here, the Message Bible actually said no more barriers, no more barriers. Keys to open every door, every door. I just can't get free in this area. I just, I just, don't, I just don't get it in this area. Listen, God says, I've given you the key. And one of the keys, the main key, the main key is this key of authority. Realizing what you have now, not just because of you, but because of who you now are in Christ. In Christ. Now, just look on the, on the screen just again. Just, 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 just drill down here for just a second so we're all on the same page. Keys to unlock the will of God, keys to unlock the will of God for yourself, your family, your friends, and situations. Keys to unlock the will of God, but also keys to lock the will of the enemy for yourself, for your family, for your friends, and for situations. Keys to unlock, but also keys to lock. There are things that come into your life that are not ordained by God. They're trying to come to bind you, hold you, imprison you. That now if you don't know your authority and you don't know the power available, you and I will say, must be God's will. But yet we have scripture that counters that because that wasn't God's will in Jesus' life, and that wasn't God's will in the Apostle Paul's life, or Peter's life, or James' life, or who, other New Testament writers. We see that any time anything would come in, God would give them authority, and God gave them power to be able to allow things from heaven to come, to help them and help somebody else, or God gave them authority and power from heaven to lock and say no to that. Keys. Come on, somebody yell keys. Come on, keys. Keys. I read something uh, this past week in, in, on a news channel, a news feed that I get, and, and it was from the city of Buenaventura, Colombia. And what they said was that uh, the city of Buena Ventura, Colombia, has experienced just grotesque sin, wickedness, violence, rape, murder, drug abuse, addiction. Uh, um, I mean, like the gangs and the stuff, just awful stuff, killing people, dismembering people. It's, it's just awful. Uh, that uh, they, they voted, I, I don't know if it was South America or if it was just the nation of Colombia, voted uh, this city that they said the city of Buena Ventura is the most violent city in all, in all of Colombia. And, and so the, the, the news story was saying, and, and when I say this, please don't, 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 don't think that I'm coming against this certain group. I'm just reading the story and going to make a point. They said that the, uh, uh, the archbishop or the, the priest, the, the, whatever the, te- the technology or the, excuse me, the name of that, that leader in, in the Catholic Church, he said that they actually talked to the military and the military gave them a military helicopter and just like we would see in wildfires where the helicopters would go up and drop water, that the priest 
uh, had the okay from the government and they got the military helicopter with the, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of gallons of water in those containers and he has blessed the water and that they were going to drop holy water on the city of Buena Ventura to exercise all the demons, all the drugs, all the murder, and all the wickedness. And they said, we're going to have a mass exorcism as a helicopter drives around and we're dropping the water. And by the word of what they said from the priest or the whoever he was, was this, we're going to see if this will work. It won't work. That won't work. Because that's not what Jesus said we're to do. So when I'm faced with situations, I don't need to sprinkle holy water. You probably need to get hydrated. That's probably what you need to do. I've got to do what God says to have God's results because he's given us keys. Um, Let's read the word. Ephesians 1, 17 through 20. This is a prayer I pray for you regularly, and I would encourage you to pray it for yourself and your family regularly. It's one of three prayers or four prayers that actually the word prayer that the Apostle Paul prayed to a church here in Ephesus, one in the the book of Colossians, one in the book of Philippians. Notice what it says. He prays that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, come on, let's, let's do this. I love, I love hearing you do this, so let's read it out loud. Would you do it with me? Come on, one, two, three, read. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you. Look, stop right there. May give to you. So when you read it, you say, give to me. Give to me. Give to me. Make it personal. Make it personal. Give to you. Come on, keep reading. The spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And what it, no, uh, hey, we missed a verse, verse 18. We missed a verse, didn't we? Did we? We missed a verse. There you go. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of him. Verse 18. Verse 18. We don't have it. Verse 18. And there was a great pause in heaven. The eyes, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? Verse 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? Uh, Which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Of course, this is speaking of the resurrection, right? When he raised him from the dead. Uh, This this scripture, guys, is... um, when you'll read this scripture and you'll pray this scripture, you will continually get what we talked about last week. You will continually get revelation knowledge of what's available to you. And you'll have keys continually to be able to open and to be able to shut things from God, open things from God into your life, and shut things from the enemy that are coming into your life. In verse 19 is what I want to key on just a second because it's, it's, it's got everything to do with what we're talking about this morning. Here's what Paul says that we need to pray and need to understand. We need to pray what is the exceeding greatness in, in Ephesians 1.19. What is the exceeding greatness 
of His power toward us who believe, according to the working of His mighty power. In Ephesians 1.19, this tells us in the Greek language, there's actually four scriptures, or excuse me, four words that talk about the word power. And, and it's all throughout the New Testament, but in this one verse in Ephesians 1.19, it specifically lists these four words. And these four words are talking about now the authority and the power that's available to you as a believer in Jesus Christ, that's available to you since you are in the church, since you're in the church. It, it tells us here in these four words in this one scripture that there is supernatural strength, there is supernatural energy, there is supernatural ability, and there is supernatural dominion that's available to you. Again, supernatural ability, supernatural energy, supernatural strength, and supernatural dominion that's available to you. But you and I have to know it, and we have to not go through life fiddling like I've done at nighttime, trying to fiddle and try to get the right key in the right door. It's all black. Before there was times that we had cell phones, all the lights were off outside, and you couldn't put on your little flashlight now to get the key in the door. You used to have to fumble through some keys to try to figure out how to make it. God wants you to know what's available to you, that you have strength, you have ability, you have energy, you have dominion to oversee and override and stand against all the workings of the enemy. A yes on earth is a yes in heaven. A no on earth is a no in heaven. Where you know God's will, you know his purpose, you know what he says, this is what I want for your life. And you're able to say, let that come. And you're able to say, that is not what God wants for my life. And you're able to say no to that. Where there is energy to stand when you don't know what to stand. There is strength to keep you strong and keep you upright when the winds are trying to blow you off course. There is power from God and you have dominion again to act in this place, on this earth, and stay against the tactics and the schemes of the enemy. He's giving you keys. Come on, everybody. He's giving you keys. You don't have to rent a helicopter. You have to rent a helicopter. Uh, let me give you a couple examples here real quick. Look, look on the screen. James, James chapter 5. James chapter 5 in verse 17 and 18. This is a new century version. This speaks of, uh, of Elijah. Here's what it says. Elijah was a human being just like us. Notice that phrase. Elijah was a prophet. You, you could see about 11 or 12 uh, amazing miracles that he did. Uh, but he was a human being just like you and me. He prayed that it would not rain and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. And Elijah prayed again. And the rain came down from the sky, and the land produced crops again. When we read that, I think so many times, because I do it too, I go, my Lord, that guy was amazing. Power in his life, signs and wonders, I mean, raised the dead, you know, seeing crazy fire from heaven fell, and you go, amazing. But James, who this scripture is just anointed as the word of Jesus, it's in the Bible. Holy men of old spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Just like Jesus spoke the will of God and the purpose of God, James is speaking the will of God, the purpose of God, letting you and I know Elijah was just like you. Elijah was just like you. Yeah, he had a different assignment and call that God had for him as a prophet, 
but he was just like you. And he said, rain come and rain came. He said, no rain and no rain. How did he do that? He must have understood authority and power that was given to him. Must have. Um, uh, let me just tell you uh, this couple of different scriptures just to kind of get this, again, drill it in us this morning. In, in the book of uh, Acts, chapter 16, the Apostle Paul is going from city to city preaching. And he's just going from place to place. There's people, you know, either there would be a revival or there would be a riot. I mean, people were getting saved. People were getting filled with the Holy Spirit. People were getting healed. There were signs, wonders, and miracles. Uh, there, there were people that were getting out of the church, and there was people trying to kill him everywhere he went. He went to one city in Acts chapter 16, and the Bible says that as he went to preach, he said that for many days, that's what the Scripture says, many days this girl followed him, and said, listen to these guys. They're preaching about the Most High God. And, and, and she was saying the right stuff, but Paul noticed she, she was just, she had demonic influence all over her. She was a, she was a soothsayer. She was a fortune teller. Uh, we find out through the story that it says that there, she was actually being controlled by a guy trying to make money off this demonic gift in her. She, she was a modern day psychic, if you will. Modern day. And, 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 and so Paul, he says, it, just, it says this in the scripture, many days she kept following us as we went trying to talk to people about Jesus. It was almost like the devil was trying to use her to say, I am saying the same thing he's saying. We're on the same team and, and we're not on the same team, Paul's saying. He was annoyed, but he just, I don't know, he just was like, you ever been that way? You go, you're going like, something's just not right. This just shouldn't be. Something's just not right. And it went on for many days. And then finally, the Bible says this. Paul turned around and said to the spirit. Look, he said to the spirit inside that girl, come out of her in Jesus' name. And the Bible says instantly she was delivered. So much so that the guy who was controlling her realized, evidently by her appearance, uh, it doesn't say what happened to her. It doesn't say if all of a sudden the dark cloud lifted. We have no scripture that says what happened. But the guy who was controlling her realized his way to make money with her was done. <laughs> they threw Paul and Silas in jail. Threw him in jail. Thought number one. Thought number one. Paul knew his realm of authority and power. That everything that comes into your life isn't God's will for your life. So it's not just put up with it and deal with it because, let's talk about it a moment ago, because God's going to give you the strength and the energy to deal with it, which, which he will. But you can't take every scripture in every situation and make it fit the situation you're in. You better have a God word, a now word right now, and discernment to say that doesn't need to be going on in my life. That is unlawful in my life now. And God has given me authority and power over it. Now, I do not, uh, uh, I'm not asking you to go through your office tomorrow on Monday and say, come out in Jesus' name, you crazy guy. I mean, that's kind of crazy, right? But I'm saying that there are situations in your own life that God has given you authority and God has given you power. Come on, somebody say Amen. So they get thrown in jail, the scripture says. They get thrown in jail in Acts 16 for preaching the gospel, and this girl gets free. They get thrown in jail. Paul and Silas, it says, at midnight. Some of y'all read that. At midnight, 
they began praying and singing hymns to God. And the Bible says all the prisoners heard them. And, and you know what happened? The Bible says the prison started shaking. All the jail cells opened up. Everybody that had stocks or chains on them, they all got loosed. They all got loosed. Again, what does this tell us? That no matter where you find yourself in, number one, God will be with you. We sang it this morning. He's going to be with you in the fire. Come on, everybody. He's going to be with you in the flood. He's going to be with you in the waters. They're not going to overcome you in the middle of it all. But God says, do something when you find yourself surrounded by the enemy or you find yourself bound. Do something. Here, Paul and Silas lifted up their voice to God. Come on, everybody. Lifted up their voice to God. Began praying and singing hymns to God. And God shook the entire prison. Now, we do not have any other scripture in the New Testament where Somebody prayed and the building shook and everybody got free. So I don't know if this is going to happen just like that to you or for you, but I do know this. The prison in yourself, in your mind, in your will, in your ambition, in your motive, in the direction, the thing coming against you, it can shake and come off you. I don't, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to get so concerned about the building shaking. I just want to be free myself. Come on, everybody. I want you to be free. I want you to be free. So here's the thought. From these scriptures that we get, again, that's not just one and done for these guys. It's for everybody who is in the church. Is that you have authority and power personally and in your realm of influence. You have authority and power personally and in your realm of influence to allow or disallow. To say that's lawful, that's, that's, that's the will of God for my life, or that's unlawful. To start or to stop, you have authority and power. It's just not whatever happens, happens. Whatever happens, happens, must be God's will. Must be God's will. No, no. Use your authority and use your power to say that does not line up with the will of God. That does not line up with the purpose of God. That does not line up with the plan of God for my life. In my realm of influence, with my family, with my business, with my marriage, with my kids, with me personally, that does not line up. That does not sound like God. That does not sound like God's will for my life. So when I'm attacked with cancer, it's not, must be God's will. I guess I'm going to die early. Not when when disaster comes, not when tragedy comes, not when pain comes, not when things try to come to us. Must be God's will because, you know, you're going to give me energy. You're going to give me strength. You're going to give me the ability to navigate through it. Yes, he will. But he's also giving you keys to say no more. No more. Uh, Look look real quick. Look chapter four. Look, look, Look chapter four, verse 18, 19. Uh, This is Jesus, and Jesus' really assignment is the same assignment you and I have for our life. Look what it says. Jesus talking. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. That's the same Spirit on you and in you, the Holy Spirit. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. That's you. That's me. To proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, naturally and spiritually. And to set at liberty... Those who are oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. So, so evidently, oppression, depression is not from God. It's just not from God. So Jesus says here all these different things that I, I'm anointed, I'm anointed, the Spirit of God's on me. 
So, so again, make the word practical for you. Maybe this is your scripture this week. Every, every day, get up. Luke 4, 18, 19. The Spirit of the Lord's upon me. The Spirit of the Lord's within me. You've anointed me to preach the gospel to my people in my office today. You've anointed me. I'm, on, I'm, I'm asking you for a God word. Come on, I'm asking you for a word of encouragement. A, a prophetic word that's going to help somebody and just, just lighten their load. Father, let me be a blessing today. I don't want to be a curse in somebody's life. Let me be a blessing. Give me a word today. Come on, everybody. I've got authority. I've got, a, I've got power in my life because you just set captives free. Recover your sight. Let, let, let me point people to Jesus today, Lord. Use me today. You use me that, that, that I, can, I, I can set at liberty those who are oppressed because <laughs> I, I've been given power and I've been given authority. So the same assignment we found out a couple weeks ago, the same assignment and calling on the head is the same assignment and calling on the body. The same assignment on the head, Jesus, is the same assignment on, on the body. You as a body, you as a person, you know, in all your different facets, uh, the, you as the head, your, your own body, uh, your head goes where your body goes, and, and your head and your body are connected. So if this is the assignment uh, on Jesus' life, then this is the assignment uh, for your life. So, so just, just segue with me for, for just the next couple moments as we're together. Isaac, come up here and help me, would you, brother? Uh, is that... You have, this is what I want to drill down, just two things in closing today. I just praying this past week, and I really think we ought to tackle it this morning. And we sang about it already this morning, so I believe it's the will of God. Is that you have authority and power of God living in you to get free and stay free yourself and to set others free. Just, just, just look at that real quick. You have authority and power, you, in your life as a Christian. If you're not born again today, that means you, if you haven't said yes to Jesus, we're going to give you an opportunity at the end of the service to say yes to Jesus, and this is, going to be, this is available to you. You have the authority and power. You have keys given to you from God Almighty to get free, to get free. In other words, the Spirit of God is moving on the inside of you and, and, he, and he, He's building His church and, and He's reconstructing you. You have the authority and power from the Word of God, from the Spirit of God to get free. Listen, to get free. No longer be bound. Paul writes to a church in Galatians. He says, why are you guys entangled again with the yoke of slavery? Why are you entangled again? You have power to get free from God Almighty. Listen to me. Look at that. Again, just keep it up there, guys. And to stay free. Stay free. You know, it's one thing getting free. It's a whole other thing staying free. Staying free. It's one thing to go to AA meetings and get that little chip and say, well, you know, one day clean. Talk to me if you can stay one week clean. If you can stay one month clean. If you can stay three months clean. It's a whole other thing getting clean, getting free. But now the same power that got you free, that brought you out, needs to keep you out of that. And there's power. There's power to break porn addiction. There's power to break, you know, sexual perversion. There's power. There's power. There's power to get you off drugs or alcohol, whatever, whatever it is. There's power. There's authority. He's get, he, he moves inside you. The holy, listen, listen, a word we don't want to talk about too much in 2019 holy holy spirit not just the spirit the holy spirit 
moves in here and says, Gary, hey, that's just not holy anymore. You need to stop. He moves in. He moves in. To get you free so you can stay free yourself. But then also, of course, to set other people free. Uh, let me just, in closing, just again, bring this down to these two thoughts. Because we've we got to get here. We've got to get super practical. We've got to get right here, right now. Two things that are going to need your constant attention with your authority and with your power that God's given you. Two things. Very practical, very purposeful. Paul writes to the church at Corinth, and he says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Verse 3 through 5, I'm going to read it from the Amplified Translation. For though we walk and we live in the flesh, we don't carry our warfare according to the flesh and using mere human weapons. He said, we're, we're, we're here on the earth, but we're in a battle. We're in a warfare. We're in a warfare. We're in a battle. Every single day you get up, you're in a warfare. There's somebody trying to get you to go back. There's somebody trying to resist your forward movement. We're in a war. He says, the weapons of our warfare, verse 4, are not physical weapons of flesh and blood, but they're mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds, of strongholds. Look what he says. Inasmuch as we refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God, do you know that there are arguments and there are theories and there are reasonings every day trying to come to your mind that say that isn't for you? You need to just forget about it because that's not going to happen in your life. You read the Bible, and so many of us read the Word. I'm, I'm afraid. We read the Word, and we're disconnected from it and the possibility that that could be in my life. I could never have that. I could never be that when God says, guys, I've given you keys of authority and power. This is who you are because this is who I am. And I've moved inside you now. Let me live my life through you. But there are theories and there are reasons and there are arguments that are going to come to your mind every single day against the true knowledge of God, the Apostle Paul says. But you have to lead, check it out, every thought and purpose away captive into obedience. You have to lead thoughts away. Because if you don't lead thoughts away, and you don't take that theory, that worldly theory, that worldly knowledge, that argument that's arguing against God's purpose and God's will and God's word, if you don't use your authority and use your power, the Apostle Paul says, it will become a stronghold. It'll become a stronghold. Brick after brick, the devil will lay the block in your life and put mortar on it, and next day, he'll just add another brick. Until one day, you're surrounded. How'd I get here? I can't get out. And you can get free even if that's where you're at today. Yes, you can. But my 
my admonition to you is don't wait till you get there. Every day, listen to me, do your work on yourself. Take the word, work it into your life. When those thoughts come, you take those thoughts captive. You don't let the thoughts encaptivate you. You let your mind be renewed with the word of God. This is what you do every day. Well, my, my, my longings and my desires go, are going this way. Well, hang on, hang on. But this is who you are. That's not who you are. This is who you are. God's saying, I love you. I've got a purpose for your life. I've got a plan for your life. This is who you are. This is who I call you. So every single day, you've got to use your authority and power concerning taking thoughts captive. The second thing I just say every single day, it's going to come to you every single day, probably almost every day, is this thing that Paul says in, in second or I think it's 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. I think I probably got the wrong reference. 2 Timothy 1, 7. For God hadn't given you a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Remember that scripture? God hadn't given you a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. Come on, say that with me. God hasn't given me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. God hasn't given me. Every day, fear tries to come into your my life. Fear of what might happen. Fear of what hasn't happened. Fear. Worry. Come on. Worry. Fear is probably, we could just say worry on steroids. Just, you're, you're just full of fear. Just like, ah, I don't know what to do. I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. Just, and just, you set up night and, man, because of fear. I got to use my authority. I've got to use my power that God's given me, you, to say, I'm not going to fear. I'm not going to fear about tomorrow. I'm going to fear not. God, you're with me. God, you've given me the ability to overcome. I'm not going to fear about the student loan. I'm not going to fear about the job. I'm not going to fear. I'm not going to fear about the kids right now. The situation. I'm not going to fear. I'm going to pray. I'm going to use my authority. I'm not going to say whatever happens, happens. No, no, no. I'm going to pray. I'm going to take that reasoning, that, 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 that thought. I'm going to take that, that destruction that's trying to come into my life and my family and my own life. And I'm going to stand against it because you have given me keys. Two things you attack this week. Thoughts and fears because God has given you the keys of the kingdom but whatever you say yes on earth is a yes in heaven whatever you say no on the earth you already realize from the word of God is a no in heaven and God says you're going to walk in a power of the church that's available to you like never before can you say amen and amen Come on, say amen one more time. Amen, 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 amen. Come on, bow your head. Would you do it this morning? Father God, this morning, we just thank you for the power and the authority that's been given to us because of the person, Jesus Christ. Father God, today, I thank you for every person that's here in the sound of my voice. I pray, Lord God, as they make adjustments in their own life concerning who they are and who you are and their, your purpose in their life, that Father, they're going to see authority and power working in them in a new way. They're going to see your keys that you've given them. They're going to start unlocking doors and situations that have been locked before and things that have need to be staying shut, that have just been opened. You're giving them keys to say, no, 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 that's not going to go on anymore. And we're going to lock and keep locked certain doors in our life. We're not going to open them any longer. Because you have given us personally authority and power. Come on, while your head's bowed, your eyes closed, no one looking around.
you're here today, maybe this is your first time, maybe you've been with us many times. But as we talked to earlier, just we're going to give you an opportunity. The greatest decision you could ever make is to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Right there where you're at. Maybe you've heard that before. Maybe you've been in church before. Maybe you actually were like me. You surrendered your life to Jesus.